Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Here in my home state of Texas, the state government's fiscal year begins on September 1st. Our state legislature here in Texas meets every two years, so Texas operates on a two-year budget cycle. So in Texas, we don't get a new budget each and every September 1st, but that date, it does every year indicate a new starting point. It represents a new beginning. Before you get too concerned, I know you didn't drop in for a Texas civics lesson, but there's a point in all of this that relates to college football. You see, in my mind anyway, September 1st also represents the start of the fiscal year for sports bettors. I'll explain shortly. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 112 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. This week's version entitled The Sports Betting Fiscal Year. As I record, uh, just a few minutes before 7.45 p.m. Central on Thursday, July 20th. You know, I like to say, and I say it often, we're all experiments of one. Whether you're talking about our, our habits or beliefs uh, as a sports better or, you know, even other facets of our lives. And my experience as a sports better largely revolves around college football. I understand not every sports better possesses my same ideology when it comes to sports betting. But betting American football, whether it be college, the NFL, or a combination of the two, probably constitutes a fairly large percentage of your sports betting portfolio, especially if you're listening to this podcast. So in my eyes, the sports betting season, or our fiscal year, if you will, begins on or around September 1st every year. It just feels like a new beginning. When I speak with other uh, sports bettors during this part of the calendar, we oftentimes conclude our conversation wishing one another good luck during the upcoming season. And though we're clearly referring to football season, I view it as a reference to the next 12 months, the next year. You know, many sports bettors who take the craft seriously and play to win plan their vacations during the summer months. Not so much because the kids are out of school, but because it's the calm before the storm. 
Once the calendar turns to September, their full attention, or at least a majority of it, shifts to football. Some of us figuratively go into to hiding or hibernation uh, until roughly February 1st. If a bride-to-be and a, a groom-to-be have questionable values and plan a Saturday wedding in the fall, they need not scramble to, to find our addresses to, to mail the invitation. Besides, it's environmentally irresponsible. They're only killing trees. We ain't coming. Okay, you know, I'm exaggerating somewhat. Or am I? You know, the whole point is this. September 1st represents a new start, a new beginning for us as sports bettors, and thus presents the opportunity for new ideas, new approaches, and new budgeting of our financial and other resources. You know, to me, it's an opportunity to reset ourselves, center ourselves, and perhaps reallocate some of our funding in the many varied sports betting markets. You know, some of my suggestions or recommendations will seem redundant. To quote Jerry Corbetta and Sugarloaf, a two-hit wonder, one of their hits, I'm going to quote from that one, Don't Call Us will call you. In that particular song, and, and some of you at least will remember that song, Jerry Corbetta sings the following refrain. Well, listen, kid, you paid for the call. You ain't bad, but we've heard it all before. And it sounds like John Paul and George. So some of what you're about to hear, if you listen to this podcast at least somewhat regularly, you perhaps heard it all before. And before I get much further, you know, I want to say that Jerry Corbetta and Sugarloaf, what I believe was their top seller, their other uh, hit was Green Eyed Lady. Uh, the late Corbetta, he wrote or co-wrote both of those songs. And I'll just say this, they don't write them like that anymore. And I'll leave it at that. And that's a compliment to Corbetta. So now to the real business at hand, you know, with the new fiscal year fast approaching, what changes what might we consider, I'll say, in allocating our betting budget or bankroll, as well as our limited time resources? You know, here's just a handful of random thoughts that you might consider. You know, one, with a new starting point, if you're still not using some method to accurately track and record your bets, the opening of a new football season would be a nice, clean place to start. You know, what's the point, you might ask? You know, my thought is this. If you're not accurately tracking every wager, you're playing at least somewhat of a guessing game. You know, you might think you're really strong here or there, but if you don't have all the results, maybe you are, maybe you're not. But by recording, you know, all your bets, you can again more clearly identify your strengths and weaknesses as a sports better. Are you better betting sides, totals, or maybe into other derivative markets? 
Are you really good betting one conference, but not so good betting another? Folks, the start of a new fiscal year, you know, might be a good time again to get a more accurate read on where you're making money and perhaps, dare I say, bleeding money. Uh, Number two, be more efficient with your time. You know, as a serious sports handicapper, the one thing I wish I had more of is time. You know, I sometimes tell people that I operate by the rule of 168, and that reflects the total number of hours in a week. You know, I go to the gym most days, and I do admittedly, you know, miss more days during football season. But when I go, I try to do 35 to 45 minutes uh, on the stair climber uh, and either before or after also uh, an assortment of machine and free weights. I'm not there to socialize. You know, when I walk in the door, I have a solid idea of how much time to the minute that I'm going to spend there. I might not be exactly exiting the door exactly when I I think, but it's going to be within five minutes. You know, I'm not the person who, quote, unquote, works out for two hours, but in actuality, they were only actively participating in a cardio or weight-bearing exercise for about 15 minutes and socializing for the other hour and 45 minutes, talking nonstop, you know, never even coming up for air at anybody who would listen or perhaps not listen. Folks, my time, your time, is too valuable to be this reckless if your ultimate goal is to excel. I'm not saying you've got to live every waking hour of every single day with your foot and full body weight firmly planted on the accelerator. But I do believe You have to have a plan. You have to be purposeful. You have to have structure if your ultimate goal is to be better than average, more than simply good. So you have to treat, you know, your limited personal time like the precious resource that it is. And I'm not saying at any and all costs. I'm not saying forego personal relationships. You know, it's important to have balance. What I am saying is this. When you are working, do just that. Work. If your goal or task, say, on any given day, any given morning, is to carefully handicap a portion of the upcoming weekend schedule, you know, it might be best to go to your quiet place uh, to create, you know, a climate conducive to careful study and concentration rather than a room full of people with the television blaring and lots of extraneous clutter and conversation that may very well detract from your ultimate mission. Quality over quantity in all areas of our lives. I'd rather get in a productive 30 minutes in the right environment than an hour and a half in the wrong one. You know, again, I'll say it once again, we're all experiments of one, though. You know, you might personally, at least some of the time, if not all of it, 
get more done with the background of other people, you know, at your favorite coffee place. You know, if you're at your best or close to it in that environment, you know, do your thing. My point again is this, make the most of your limited time. Quality over quantity, concentration over procrastination. You know, so there you have it, two or three uh, suggestions to hopefully improve your bottom line uh, as we do indeed embark on another fiscal year. You know, you might have others that are applicable to your own personal situation, and I'm just going to fire off a a few quick points, a few quick hitters on some of those. Uh, One, bet fewer games. Two, master in-game wagering. Three, eliminate in-game wagering if it's not going so well for you. Four, you know, secure more outs or places to bet. Five, you know, and this is important, don't bet on a game simply because its images are coming across your television screen. Six, bet earlier. Bet earlier in in the week in your quest to get closing line value more often than not. Seven, become more process-oriented rather than results-oriented. Besides, some good bets lose and certainly some bad bets win. Don't be discouraged or validated solely based on an individual game result, regardless of which side you land. Another one would be eliminate or at least reduce your number of parlay bets and other similar bets into higher hold markets. You know, I could go on and on. There there are many, many uh, recommendations and uh, we'll all do good to kind of do an inventory before that new fiscal year begins coming up shortly on September 1st. You know, hopefully you follow me on Twitter. Uh, My Twitter handle, I'd ask you to if you don't, at least consider it. My Twitter handle, the at symbol, Paul Stone Sports. Uh, I gave out a comp full tournament matchup yesterday on Twitter in the 151st Open Championship. And uh, in that tweet, I recommended Adam Scott at minus 120 over Jason Day. As I record on Thursday night, Central Time, July 20th, we have one round or 18 holes in the book. And in the matchup that I recommended, Scott, he played really solid golf for 15 holes. Uh, He made bogey on the par four uh, 16th hole and then closed with a double on the par five 18th, finished at one over par 72. Uh, His fellow Aussie in that matchup, Jason Day, also shot 72. So those two combatants tied uh, after 18 holes. I just want to put this note out there, and a lot of you already know this, but it's always good to uh, repeat because some people will be hearing this for the first time, especially if you're new, a new listener to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. But I do multiple uh, media appearances throughout uh, the week each week. Um, you know, some on just a semi-regular basis, but I can be heard every Tuesday morning on the Vegas Sports Information Network program, Follow the Money, and that's hosted by Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. And I'm also honored to announce I'm going to be a panelist at Bet Bash 
next month at Circa in downtown Las Vegas. My panel will discuss the following topic, attacking the weekly college football line. And we're going to be doing that on the morning of Friday, August 11th, uh, the final day of Bet Bash. And uh, hopefully you'll be there. And I think we're going to, I think our panel begins at 9 a.m. Pacific on Friday, August 11th. Hope to see you there. Hope you make it out to Bet Bash in Vegas. If you do, certainly want to meet you and say hello. Well, that does it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Appreciate you listening, uh, spending a little bit of your time with me. A little bit shorter this week, perhaps on the podcast. My wife, Abby, and I have been traveling and seeing a new part of the country. Spent much of the last week in South Dakota around Sturgis and Deadwood. Saw uh, Mount Rushmore this morning, uh, both of us for the first time. So a really neat trip. So we're spending the night in Kansas on the way back to Texas. And again, thank you for listening. Be safe. uh, Be careful. And until next time, signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 